Hey Badger fans, welcome back to another episode of the Open Gym Podcast with me, Jim Polzine, here on BadgerExtra.com. This is your first time, welcome. If you're back for another week, this one's going to be a little different because the Badgers football team is coming off a 17-14 loss to Washington State on Saturday, and a lot of fans are angry, slash frustrated, slash ready to move on to another coach. And speaking of new coaches in the Big Ten, there's going to be a new one after Nebraska fired Scott Frost. I will talk about that in this episode. And the mailbag's full of questions from readers who are not happy with the loss to the Cougars in week two and wondering where the Badgers are going forward. If you're not already a Badger Extra subscriber, please subscribe to get great exclusive content like this podcast, a bunch of really good video features, including This Week in Badgers History, and other exclusive content like our Legends series. Uh, it's a good week to be nostalgic because the Badgers are coming off a disappointing defeat. But they had a lot of good times in the past, and you can take a look through our Badgers Legends series and focus on the good times and not the current bad times. Let's get going with the Jim's Gem. I think we all knew that Scott Frost was going to get fired at some point in Nebraska, probably this season. Uh, I'm a little surprised it happened this early. I really thought that Nebraska would wait till October 1st when his buyout drops considerably. I thought Nebraska would, might want to save some money and, and, and wait till then. But... I get it. I understand why. You lose at home to Georgia Southern, drop to 1-2 and two on the season. Uh, I think you're sending the, player, the players a bad message if you put Scott Frost out there week after week after week and with no hope of getting better. Um, you look around the Big Ten West, and it's still winnable for a lot of teams because it's a pretty bad division this year. Uh, Iowa's coming off a bad loss, and Wisconsin's coming off a loss at home. So I think if you're, if you're Nebraska and Trev Albert, you look at this division and say, hey, maybe a change in voice to Mickey Joseph. Uh, we'll do some good, and, and maybe we can resurrect this season. And if not, we get a jump start on whoever we're going to bring in next. You know, you're kind of the first job opening. You can start making some calls behind the scenes and hopefully get the candidate you want and, and, and get kind of a jump start. Uh, closer to home, as I mentioned in my intro, there are a lot of Wisconsin fans who are unhappy I got a lot more fire Paul Christ uh, this week than I have ever, even last season, early in the season when things were, were uh, really not looking good after losses to Penn State and Notre Dame and Michigan. Um, I think this loss to Washington State really, really frustrated a lot of people, in part because, I mean, look at the point spread, 17 and a half, which I thought all along was kind of high. You know, I picked the uh, Cougars in the spread last week, did not think that Wisconsin would lose that game, uh, but I thought 17 and a half points was a lot for uh, Wisconsin team that just hadn't proven they could be that good of a team yet. Um, so I understand why fans are frustrated. I am not on team Fire Paul Christ just yet. Uh, even though I do think my radar is up, I wonder if, Paul, if Chris McIntosh's radar is up just yet. I don't think probably to this point it is. Uh, I don't think that Paul Christ is in danger of losing his job anytime soon. But let's, let's, you know, let's toss out some numbers here and at least show why that you know, it, this should be a concern for McIntosh, uh, Chris, and the Badger fans going forward. Paul Chris is 66 and 24 at Wisconsin as its head coach. Uh, but when you break that down even further, he was 48 and 12 at one point during his career, which means he's 18 and 12 over his last 30 games. Uh, that's a trend that's not going in the right direction. And I said last year, I, I wrote this a couple times, that it felt like this program was in a rut. It, it just wasn't progressing forward. Um, there was different ways they were losing games, turnovers. Uh, Saturday that popped up again with, with penalties and, and a couple of really costly turnovers. Um, you know, you look at this team, this program, there's not enough talent to overcome 
beating yourself. And that's what Wisconsin did on Saturday. And that's the most frustrating thing if you're a Wisconsin fan is that these are games, especially Saturday's game, was one that Wisconsin should have won. It should have won probably by double digits. And, and that didn't happen, and I understand why that leads to frustration. Uh, again, like you look at Scott Frost's record. He was 16-31. and 31. He clearly started this season on the hot seat. I don't think Paul Chris is on the hot seat. I don't even know if I would say his seat is warm at this point because, again, you look at that overall record, and Wisconsin isn't a place that's going to fire someone who's got a 70% winning percentage. Um, but I do think that it's time to kind of take a look at how things go the rest of the season. Um, are they losing more games like this on Saturday where they're beating themselves? Um, are they not progressing forward? Are they, are they, is this program not going upward or trending upward in the way you'd want it to see? I think that's something to look forward to these last 10 games you know, and in the next season. Um, if we're still talking about this stuff next September at this time, then I do think you have to start wondering about the future of Paul Christ. Um, Right now, I'm not there yet. I think there's plenty of time to turn it around. I think he's done enough good in his career that uh, I would not put him on the hot seat. But I think my alert is definitely higher than it was before Saturday's game. Now let's keep the football discussion going with this week's mailbag. First question this week comes from at JMW1235. Do you think the offensive line coach of the Badgers is capable of turning this line around and making them a solid West contender, or are the O-line players themselves not good enough? Really good question. I think one thing we have to acknowledge up front is that Bob Bostad has had two games under his belt as the, in his second stint as the offensive line coach. Uh, I wrote in the offseason, kind of leading into the season, that I think Bob Bostad's a great coach. I think he's going to turn this line around at some point. Um, is two games too soon to tell if that's going to happen? Yes, absolutely. It's not a big enough sample size. They certainly had their problems on Saturday against Washington State. Uh, I think one thing we also have to acknowledge is that I wouldn't call this offensive line young, but it is a reworked offensive line from a couple different standpoints. Uh, Jack Nelson is a left tackle now after playing guard last season. Tyler Beach is at left guard now after playing left tackle last season. Uh, Michael Furtney, the right guard, is in his first season as a starter. And Riley Mullman was the starter at right tackle, got hurt, and now Logan Brown has moved into that spot at right tackle. Again, you're talking about a little bit of shuffling around here. so. The fact that they struggled a little bit to start the season, not all that surprising. I think you need to give Bob Bostad a little bit more time to work his magic. Um, I do think this line will be good in time. Is this going to be a great offensive line this season? I'm not sure I can sit here and say that. You know, I, I think this is going to be something that takes a year or two to progress. Um, build some depth in that program. That's another thing that worries me about, about the offensive line group is that there's not a lot of quality depth right now. I think that will get better in time. But... Um, do I think Bob Bostad is the right guy to turn this around? Absolutely. I think he's, you know, it, his history, his track record has proven that some of the best offensive lines have come under his watch. Um, let's give him some time to see if he can turn this around. Next question comes from at F. Melius. Paul Christ has had the luxury of a premier backfield since taking over as head coach. Do you think having Corey Clement, Jonathan Taylor, and now Braylon Allen play a role in not developing a premier quarterback play? and elevating the pass game because they can almost count on a running back to bail out the offense. Uh, I don't agree with that necessarily because I think having a good running back should help the passing game. Um, I understand where you're coming from, and I did see some signs on Saturday of maybe trying to force feed the running game or rely on the running game a little bit too much. Um, they were running into eight-man boxes a little too often for my taste. Uh, where I would have liked to see them you know, pass the ball more against those fronts and, and, and try to, you know, 
get a guy or two out of the box for Washington State um, and, and just try to explore a little bit more balance in the first half. But, you know, I think what we've seen over the years is having a good running back and having a solid running game can help a quarterback. You go back to John Stocko, um, I thought his development went really well when Paul Chris got here as an offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach. Um, and, and part of that was they had a strong running game. They had P.J. Hill running the ball really well, and, and I think that helped John Stocko. Scott Tolzien's another guy who always had a good running game, two or three really good running backs behind him, and I think that helped him develop as a quarterback. I think when you look at the development of a quarterback or a passing game in general, um, you kind of have to look at it individually. Graham Mertz, the last two years, has not developed as we hoped. Now we're, seeing, we're starting to see signs of, of the development that we hope from him, and I think that's only going to get better going forward. But I think having Braylon Allen, having Ches Malusi uh, in the backfield only helps Grammar. It should only make life easier on him. It should only help the passing game flourish. Uh, now, as I mentioned before, I think having some balance is the key going forward. I think they've shown a pretty good amount of balance the first two weeks. Um, I think they could probably rely on the passing game even a bit more, which should run which would help the running game going forward um, and help grammars going forward. Last question of the week comes from at real Eric the Red. Should Paul Christ hire a full-time special teams coach not named Chris Herring? Uh, just some background for fans who might not know, Chris Herring was UW's special teams coach. Paul Christ removed that title uh, in the offseason. Herring's now the tight ends coach, and Christ has chosen to kind of spread out the special teams to a lot of coaches. Uh, each one kind of has his own area of special teams, whether it's kickoff return, punt return, kick, whatever. Um, judging by last week, I don't know if that plan's going to work all that well. I do think, and one of my biggest uh, gripes of the offseason when, when Paul Chris really remade his staff was that he's going without a special teams coach, and I just think that's a big mistake. I think that's such an important area of the team, and to have one guy focusing on it, even if you have other assistant coaches helping out in various areas, I think you need one guy whose primary focus is special teams because we've seen over the years how much that can impact a game, good and bad. Um, I think it's an area that's really hurt the Badgers these last couple years, and I really would have liked to have seen Paul Chris devote a full-time special teams coordinator, someone with a lot of experience who's you know, been around that, that facet of the game and, and can kind of help it become a plus for Wisconsin the way it is down in Iowa. I mean, say what you want about Iowa's start this season, but special teams isn't the problem. They've, they've consistently had strong special teams over the years, and I think that helps them win close games at times, helps them kind of push, that, push uh, the program over the top when it's not a team that's typically talented than the team they're going against. I think special teams can kind of be the, the edge factor. Um, so I'd like to see Paul Chris, you know, it's not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, I'd like to see him hire a full-time special teams coordinator. I will say one thing about Saturday's game. I don't know it would have mattered a ton because, you know, certainly the kickoff return that the Badgers gave up to start the second half, that's something you want to avoid. But the other big problem on Saturday was the kicking game and, and Vito Calvaruso missing a 51-yarder and a 43-yarder, I believe it was. Um, those areas are coached by Taylor Melhoff, who's a quality control assistant. Um, and having a special teams coordinator in here, I don't think would have changed that. I think Taylor Melhoff would still be in charge of that area. Um, so, you know, that probably wouldn't have affected Saturday's game all that much. I think Melhoff would still be the guy coaching that area. Um, and and Calvaruso just needs to, certainly the second kick he's got to make. I don't know that would have even attempted the first kick. It was windy. A 51-yarder is a long field goal in that, those type of conditions. I probably would have punted the ball there. 
Um, but the 43-yarder is one that Calvert-Lewis has got to make, and, and frankly, it didn't even come close, and that was the disappointing thing. Here's what to watch for this week on BadgerExtra.com. The NCAA volleyball attendance record may be set Friday night at the Kohl Center. UW is hosting Florida, not at its usual home. They're moving to the Kohl Center. A lot of tickets have been sold. The bar has been raised for the NCAA attendance record by Nebraska and Creighton last week. We'll see if the Badgers can top it. Our enterprise reporter Todd Molesky will take a look at players profiting off jersey sales. The NCAA now allows players to get some money for fans buying jerseys with their names on the back. Uh, it hasn't started at U UW yet, and Todd takes a look at why. And we'll have full coverage of the UW New Mexico State game on Saturday. Our live blog will be going before, during, and after the game. You'll be able to come in at halftime and ask me some questions on the first half. And we'll have analysis, commentary, and sidebars from that game. That's the Open Gym Podcast for this week. Check back next week when another episode will drop. If you have a question for my mailbag, tweet me at Jim Polzine WSJ. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And please subscribe to BadgerExtra.com. We have a ton of great exclusive content on our site and the app, but you can only get it if you become a member. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Open Gym Podcast. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.